Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Kev, good morning. How are you, bud? Good morning. Thanks for having me, Chris. Yeah, thanks for doing it. I appreciate it. Um, Let's start with... Well, let's start with, I guess we'll go in chronological order here. Tomorrow night, uh, first round of the MLB draft. There are a million different theories flying around out there. Fans are all in. I think more fans than not are all in on Paul Skeens. Give me the ace. Give me the stud. Although plenty of fans also like the idea of a big bat, whether it's Cruz or even Langford, and the idea of saving some slot value uh, if they choose Langford for the comp rounds and second and third rounds, so on down the line, is an attractive strategy for the Pirates. It worked when they drafted Henry Davis a couple years ago. Uh, and then the idea of the high schoolers, I think people would be storming the gates, uh, and rightfully so, because that would be a signal to the fans that the rebuild is at least uh, another four or five years in the offing before they're contenders again. But what what are you hearing, and what, what does your gut tell you about where they go tomorrow night? Well, I've talked to several draft analysts this week about, you know, what the Pirates are going to do, and I'm getting different vibes from each one of them. And it's interesting because a month ago, or maybe within the last month, um, I sat at a table full of scouts at the Pirates media, um, you know, the dining area mm-hmm. at PNC Park. And to a man, they were all saying, you know, Dylan Cruz is the number one pick. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a no-brainer. Um, one of the analysts I talked to said, you know, Dylan Cruz is the safest pick in the draft because everyone knows he can hit. He, they've been scouting him since he was a junior in high school, and he's hit at every step of the way. Uh, he, he's done it every year at LSU. This is a guy who that, – that's what you're getting. You're getting a hitter. And, um, you know, Dan O'Dowd from MLB Network told me he, he made an Andrew McCutcheon comp, which Pirates fans would, <laughs> would make him even worse if they were to pass on a guy people say, that you know, plays like Andrew McCutcheon or at least has that same type of – you know, tools. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Skeens is, is being called a generational talent. You know, this is a guy who I've heard anywhere from 6'6 to 6'8. I, I don't know his actual height. Uh, I've heard anywhere from 235 to 265. I don't know his actual weight. But what we do know is he's big, he's strong, he's a right handed pitcher who throws, you know, triple digits with his fastball, has a, a wicked slider, and has what some people feel like is an underrated changeup that he doesn't have to use a lot against college hitters. Uh, and so, you know, he might be the guy that is most ready for the majors. Uh, and that doesn't mean he's going to play this season, but he could have a, a quick path to the majors, kind of a la Garrett Cole in 2011 mm-hmm. gets drafted number one overall and is up with the Pirates in 2013. I, I could see that type of thing. And so if you, you draft the Paul Schemes, you're getting a guy who, when the Pirates are expected to be contenders, you know, if, if all well, goes well, 
everybody has kind of pointed to 2025, and that's when Paul Skeen's arrival would most likely occur. Hmm. So that that all makes sense with the Skeen the Skeen side of things, and that, and that's that's the, the pick to me that makes the most sense because that's you know the old Pirates uh, you know things that they they preached about a decade ago is you know they're not going to be able to uh, uh, trade for or acquire right. uh, in free agency that type of pitcher. Those are the only kind of the only way you're going to get a guy like Paul Skeens is through the draft and probably with the number one or number two pick. Uh, I don't think he's going to make it outside the top three. Um, but Wyatt Langford is a guy that um, – Kev, Kev, can I can I, can I just press pause for a second because I want to get to Langford and the high school kids and all the info you dug up on them, but I want to go back to Skeens for just a second. And the idea, do you do you think they would they would really wait until twenty five to get him up here because everybody and their brother, I mean, from people I've talked to in Baton Rouge, you hear Chris Sale on the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast, you know, people on MLB Network are all saying Skeens could walk off the mound in Omaha as he did and straight onto a major league mound this summer. Um, if they're not in contention, I understand not bringing Skeens up for more than maybe a cup of coffee in September. Um, but would they really leave him down there for the entire year next year too? I, I don't think so. Um, I'm just saying that if we were following the same trajectory as gotcha. Eric Cole. Gotcha, um, gotcha. I, I, I also don't think there's any chance that the Pirates would risk pitching Paul Skeens this summer if they were to pick him first. I don't think there's any chance of that, given the downtime between the end of the College World Series, when he would actually sign, getting him kind of indoctrinated into their minor league system. Okay. And, uh, you know, there, there's a buildup. There's a ramp-up that has to occur with, you know, with right. pitchers. It, you know this from all the years you've spent in spring training. But, you know, as, as long as you're down, that's as long as you're going to need to be built back up. And, and so I don't know if this is a guy who's staying in shape and pitching, but – certainly not doing it at the level you need to pitch at the major league. But what I think they're saying about Paul Skeens, and I, I think it's more theoretical for the fans' sake, is that what they're saying is this is a guy who's ready. He's major league ready. There's not going to be a lot of development necessary for him. He's going to have to work on the changeup. He's going to have to work on the pitch clock. He's going to have to work maybe on pickoff moves and things that are elevated at the at the professional level that, that he's not facing mm. the same type of, you know, players because I, I asked Dan O'Dowd I said you know when we're talking about the SEC the best conference in college right baseball what level is comparable and he said a so you're talking about a guy okay he's playing against let's say high a level because mm-hmm. that's where most of these you know the draft picks they start at let's say Greensboro right you know they might spend a, a, a week or you know a month at, at uh, Bradenton but then they go to Greensboro and you know Greensboro is a band box and so these guys put up ridiculous numbers in Greensboro and then they go to Altoona and it's a little bit of a wake-up call because the numbers aren't so gaudy. Yeah. Um, but, but I, I think you know, I think the the optimistic view would be that maybe he'd be ready for sometime next next season. That they'd have him spend some time in the minors just to see how he fares. Mm-hmm. But that this is a guy who's very very close to being a major league pitcher, closer than most college pitchers would be. So you know that that's that's the guy to me that makes the most sense for yeah. the Pirates. I think the thing about it is, you know, when you think about the Pirates' history of drafting pitchers that high, especially number one, they've drafted three. Uh, You know, Chris Benson in 1996, Mm -hmm. Brian Bullington in 2002, and uh, Garrett Cole in 2011. I I felt like they hit on Benson and Cole, although Benson didn't become the pitcher everybody expected him to be. He was still a, a major league starter and a valued pitcher. You know, Brian Bullington, from the very moment they drafted him and said he was a mid-rotation starter, was a disaster. And, yeah. and so were guys like Daniel Moskis, who was a left-hander from Clemson, 
who you know said he wanted to be a starter, and the Pirates project him as a reliever, and they couldn't even seem to agree on that. Uh, and Jamison Tyon, as much as everybody loves Jamo, you know, comparatively to the guys that were drafted around him, he, he's been, you know, he's a guy who fell very short, you know, far far short of expectations. Yeah. So, you know, th- there's a lot of risk in drafting a pitcher, not only in the sense that they may not pan out to be the player you projected, but also the injury part of it. And that's what really hurt Jamison Tyon is that, you know, a, a two Tommy John surgeries plus, you know, the testicular cancer plus getting hit, hit in the head by a line drive. I mean, so many things happen right. adversely in his career. It, it's kind of amazing that he's had the career that he has, given everything that went wrong. So, so let's before I so rudely interrupted what you were about to tell me about Wyatt <laughs> Langford. Tell me why this would be a selection, uh, because we talked about Cruz and Skeens, and I think ninety-eight percent of fans want it to be one of those guys. Tell me why Langford makes sense above and beyond maybe saving some slot value for the comp rounds in the second and third round. Well, here's what I would say to Pirates fans, and Chris, you can answer this question. Aside from Jack Sawinski, who has 30, what, 37, 38 homers in his first, you know, two seasons, mm-hmm. what do the Pirates lack, not just at the major league level, but throughout their system? Pop, it's why they've had to win by small ball this year. Exactly. And that's the one thing this guy has. You know, Wyatt Langford was a three sport athlete who chose baseball and, and played in four games and had four at bats, went one for four as a freshman at, at Florida. As a sophomore, he hit 26 home runs. Last This past season, hit 21 homers. So 47 homers in 130 games. I think, now we're talking college baseball. This, sure. this isn't major league stats, but I think if you could get a guy that was capable of having a 40 home run season over 162, I, I think that's got to be attractive. I mean, certainly where Dylan Cruz is a center fielder and is going to stay there for his career, or at least the majority of his career, and is a guy who's going to hit for average, Wyatt Langford has very similar hit tools um, and, and more pop in his bat. He, yeah. he's, he's got the, he's a five-tool guy, although I think there's some questions about where he's going to play, whether he can be a center fielder because he is athletic and has the speed, or if he's going to be a corner outfielder. He's also a guy who played catcher in third base and has played some first base, which maybe you know that could also fill a need for the Pirates eventually, right. uh, is that they really don't have any first baseman in their system, like not any really good prospects in their system in that position. So I think there's some attractiveness there. And then the other part of it, and I think this kind of goes in with the Max Clark, who I'll get into Max Clark before I talk about this next part, but Max Clark, here's what's fascinating to me. I've been reading up on this kid. His nickname is The Natural. This is the one from Indiana, right? This is the kid from Franklin Community High School in Indiana. He's six foot one, one ninety. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just gaudy numbers. They call him The Natural. He's a guy who had more... Uh, home runs than he did strikeouts this season. And that's given that he gets walked a ton and intentionally right. walked a ton because nobody wants to pitch to him because of the power that he possesses. So, you know, here's a guy who has great plate discipline. He's not getting pitched to, and yet he's still standing there patient enough to take the walks and to hit home runs when he sees the strikes and, and, to, and to, uh, to not strike out much, you know, so that's, those are all really fascinating things. Um, and then, you know, I talked to Greg Amsinger, which is another, you know, story I posted. Yeah. He hosts the MLB draft for MLB Network. He, he, he mentioned a Corbin Carroll comp. So if you're watching the mm. Pirates play the Arizona Diamondbacks, Corbin Carroll's a guy that has already signed a huge contract in his rookie year and, and looks like, you know, one of the next great outfielders in Major League Baseball. Um, so you're hearing a Corbin Carroll's comp and you're hearing a guy that call him the natural and you know, the kid looks like he's the real deal. Um, so it, it brings me to this point, Chris. The Pirates have a slot value for the number one overall pick 
at nine million seven hundred twenty-one thousand. Okay. If you if you take a guy like a Corbin, Car- or, excuse me, like a Wyatt Langford or a Max Clark, who are projected to be the three-four picks in whatever order, mm-hmm. and Walker Jenkins from North Carolina, another high school kid, is another top-five guy that. The, the scouts are telling me, the draft analysts are telling me, there's five guys that could have been a number one pick in any other year. Okay. Skeens and Cruz, Skeens and Cruz, whatever order, are one, two this year in terms of the talent evaluators. Right. If you go down to the numbers four and five picks, you're talking about the, the bonus pool, the slot value for those picks. Uh, Texas has the number four pick, the slot values, 7,698,000. Minnesota's at number five, 7,139,700. The Pirates, if they were to sign those two, if they were to draft those guys that are considered top five guys, you know, kind of can't miss type of guys, which there's no such thing really. But you're, you're talking about a savings of you know two million or two point five million dollars that you can then spread around. You know, if, if you were to sign them to get them to agree to a deal where instead of paying them you know nine point seven, you're paying them seven you know seven million or seven point five or six million dollars. Right. You're saving that money and you're spreading it out around in the draft. And here's where the fans have to understand: the Pirates have a draft pool, a bonus pool of sixteen million one hundred eighty-five thousand seven hundred dollars. They'll spend every penny of that. So it's not if you're passing on one of these guys, you're passing not because you don't want to spend the money because the money is going to get spent. It's you want to reallocate the money in other areas and, right. and what they're you know what they call living in the aggregate. Well, it's what the they Pirates did in 2021, have, right? With Davis, exactly, Solomato, exactly Lonnie White Jr., Bubba Chandler. And Anthony Solomedo, you know, who's a top 100 prospect, they, they got four guys in the top, uh, what, 72 picks mm-hmm. that were all top 100 prospects. A couple, you know, three of them were, were slated to go to college, and, uh, and they convinced them to sign. So they saved two, almost $2 million, $1.9 million on Henry Davis, and then spread that money out throughout the draft. The Pirates this year have five picks in the top 104. Mm-hmm. If we were talking about the Steelers having five picks in the top 104 of the NFL draft, people would be salivating over the idea of how much they can add at all kinds of different positions. But isn't 1-1 one, one also, though, Kev? The, 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 it, and there was a caller, Greg in Youngstown, who we, we've both spoken to before on the yeah. air. Uh, Greg made a great point. You know, if you're 1-1 one, one in the NFL draft, look, you can't trade picks in the MLB draft, so it's a little bit different. But if you're 1-1 one, one in the NFL draft and you need an arm, you take the arm. You take the quarterback, um, and that's what that's what Skeens could be. Correct? Skeens could be yeah. that stud. Yeah. So, so it really comes down to me. If, but the point I'm trying to make. It really comes down to me. We can talk all about how cheap Bob Nutting is, and, and I, you know, I called him Bottom Line Bob. I'm the one who gave him the nickname. Uh, you know, he throws around pennies like they're manhole covers. Um, th- this is this is a guy who has earned his reputation. But the Pirates are not cheap in the Major League Draft. If they do it, it's strategic. I think that Paul Skeens is the, is the way you go. You take a guy who people are calling a generational talent and saying he's they're, – they're comparing him in terms of readiness, and in terms of what he, the tools that he has. They're comparing him to guys like Cole, uh, guys like Steven Strasburg, guys like Justin Sale. Verlander. And, yeah. saying, you know, he's, and so, so why would you pass on that? Yeah. Um, you, know, you, know, you don't. And, but if you do, here's the reason why. And the reason why is that this is a very deep draft. There's a lot of talent. And there's a lot of young guys that are, you know, college bound that may be looking at the draft and saying, you know, in another year, I would have probably gone to the draft. But here's, here's something to factor into this draft. In 2020, a lot of these high school seasons were canceled right. because of the pandemic. 
So a lot of, you know, COVID canceled baseball for a lot of these kids, Mm -hmm. including guys like Dylan Cruz and Wyatt Langford and Paul Skeens, which is why they went to college, especially Cruz, who was considered a first-round talent. A lot of these guys went because they thought maybe their stock would hurt. There was only a five-round draft that year. Right. So so this draft is stocked with college players. So there might be high school guys who are saying, well, I'll go to college and I'll come back in three years. You might be able to convince them, guys who would be higher in the first round if there wasn't so much college talent, to, to you know sign and play professional baseball and you get your next you know round of of Solomatos and Chandlers and, and Lonnie yeah. Whites who you know right now Anthony Solomato is a top 100 prospect Bubba Chandler is a top 10 prospect they're both pitchers you got a lefty and a righty in your system mm-hmm. and, and that that's why you do it is to stock a farm system that right now is ranked in the top 10 has a lot of depth but does not have the high end talent that is going to restock your system once everybody uh, from this this group graduates. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let's talk about restocking the system then. Kevin Gorman of the Trib covers the Pirates and has been doing a ton of great draft coverage as the first round of the Major League Baseball draft is tomorrow night and the Pirates have the first overall pick. But if they're still eight and a half games out, let's say they just tread water for the next two and a half weeks leading up to the deadline, um, what can they get in terms of Santana and Hill considering what we've seen from those guys this year and they would be rentals? And would they consider parting with anybody else other than those two and actually getting something in return? That's the, that's the real question. I mean, I, I don't think there's any question based on their history that the guys that are on one-year contracts are very likely to be traded. I, I think you would say, save Andrew McCutcheon. Right. I, I, think it's, I think it's pretty clear that Kutch wants to stay and the Pirates have said they want to keep him. You know, he's here for different reasons. He wasn't just a rental. You know, this, there was there was a lot to go on with Andrew McCutcheon. That's a that's a different story for another day. I, I think that Carlos Santana, the season he's having, not just at the plate, but especially with his play at first base, makes him a very attractive trade candidate. It, it also brings into it is that this is a guy who has playoff experience and he's a guy who's considered a great addition to your clubhouse. He's right. not going to be disruptive. He's going to be, you know, a leader in the clubhouse. So I would think that any contender that's looking for a first baseman or and or designated hitter is going to be attracted to somebody like Carlos Santana, uh, especially being that he's a switch hitter. You know, so it's not a matter of just saying, oh, well, we need a lefty and a batter. We need a righty in the lineup. Um, you know, th- this is a guy who brings, brings both of those intangibles. So I-, I would think he would be the most attractive. I would also think that given his just resume, uh, playoff experience, and, and his ability to work, whether it's as a starter and go deep into games, which could be really beneficial to a team, especially one that might have an injury, um, that Rich Hill would be a really valuable a, a valuable guy. Uh, also, if you want to add a left-hander, perhaps whether yeah. it's to the starting rotation or even to the bullpen, Rich Hill is the kind of guy who's just going to go out there and do work for you. You know, he, he's he's the ultimate professional, and he's a guy that's been, a, you know, both he and Santana have been great additions for the Pirates, regardless of their numbers. You, you, they could have given you nothing statistically, and they would have been great additions just because of what they've meant to the guys in the lockers next to them. They're going to get uh, and, calls, Kev, about Bednar. Would, are they going to entertain those calls? And how much does arbitration starting next year for him affect that? I, 
I don't know about the arbitration part of it really affecting things. I, I would think that there's a window. And, and what I've been told from you know some people is that there's more of a concern that a guy built like Bednar who pitches with the power that he does, you worry about the durability. And, mm-hmm. and you know, the issues came up last year with the, the back injury that he dealt with. is just how, how much can you use him and at what point does his body start to break down? Because he is, I think, 28 years old. Um, but he, he also, I think the Pirates really, it really impacted them to circle back to Andrew McCutcheon, the impact that the team, I think this, the city and the team, you know, the, the fans wrap their arms around certain individuals. Right. And, I, and I feel like David Bednar is one of those guys that I wouldn't say he's untouchable, but I think it's going to have to be, take a blow me away offer. And, and I think that's a lot of teams don't want to make that right at the moment. And, and if you look at, you know, some of the trades that have been made, I don't know that you get the return value that you get that you, when you yeah. give up a closer, you know, you got one of the elite closers in baseball. And even if he's not one of the top three, certainly one of the top five or six. So what do uh, they get you think in return for Santana and Hill? I mean, you're not getting like top 100 prospects in return for either of these guys because they're rentals, but uh, do they get anything that we go, Oh, okay. That's a guy that could be a, a part. Do they get, uh, because I think at this point, the trades have to start to focus on, like you said, 24 and 25, right. Rather than some sort of long-term single a low a kid of a project, you know, a project of a kid who might not be here for three or four years. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's the indication we got last year from the trades that they made. I mean, Quintana, they got in return, Johan Oviedo mm-hmm. and Malcolm Nunez, who's a, triple a first baseman dealing with some injuries right now um but you know they got guys that were you know at or close to the major league level um but ben charrington could do that or what he could do is he could really stock up and say hey listen you know we've got a lot of people that are close you know we don't have a lot of a lot of studs in single a and double a right now and he could go for guys that maybe are higher ceiling players that are a little bit lower levels Mm. i don't think that would really thrill the fan base but yeah. I think you're, if you're also just worried about restocking your system, that could be a good way to add some serious talent. Uh, you know, when, when you think back to the Andrew McCutcheon trade and to the Garrett Cole trade, mm-hmm. um, those were not popular trades. Those were considered good baseball trades, but they took some time to get there. But Andrew McCutcheon, they traded him for double A outfielder. It turned out to be Brian Reynolds. You know, Garrett Cole, they traded him for guys that were closer to the major league level. And we saw three of them really kind of become busts, although I won't, you know, really crap on the contributions that Colin Moran made. He just didn't live up to the expectations. But certainly while he was here, you know, he, he was, you know, a serviceable guy in their lineup. He just wasn't really good in the field. Next um, level but, on that, Kev, I would bring up the Musgrove trade, as popular as Joe okay. was when he was here. You get Bedner, you get... Uh, Andy, Andy Rodriguez, Rodriguez from the Mets. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. that, that's a, that's a you know nobody wants to trade popular guys. I, I get that nobody wants and and I don't think like you said Andrew McCutcheon is kind of untouchable at this point because of his willingness to stay here and be the face of the franchise. Um, but I do think that it may be hard for them to say no on Bedner before I uh, before I let you run. I would not move him, but I think it, you bring up questions about you know how much longer he can be that guy at the back end of the bullpen because of durability issues. Before I let you run. I got to ask, we've been talking a lot as a as a side topic today about favorite all-star game and home run derby memories. Mine is Moises Alou doubling in Tony Gwynn at the 94 all-star game at Three Rivers Stadium to walk it off. Jim Leland windmilling Tony Gwynn chugging around third. Um, what's what's Kevin Gorman's? Oh, boy. Um, I, I want to say, so what, what year was the all-star game at PNC Park? Was that 2006 or yep, seven? Yep, 2006. 
I, I want to say that one of the cool things was the ovation that Freddie, I think it was Freddie Sanchez. Yeah. Got. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, just being at the ballpark and seeing the ovation there uh, and, and knowing what a thrill that had to be for, you know, a Pittsburgh guy who, um, you know, a lot of times at that point, uh, a lot of the Pirates guys that were all-stars were all-stars because you had to have one representative, but there was a guy who was a batting champion. Right. And, and uh, the way the city wrapped its arms around a guy, that, that that's the memory that comes, the first memory that comes to mind, whether it's the favorite memory. I mean, if you ask me, you know, the, the memory that, that I think is representative of all Pirates in, in an all-star game, I, I guess I'd have to say Dave Parker's throw. Um, you know, that, that, that to me yeah. is just one that it's like, you want to say like, hey, you know, I'm from Pittsburgh, and, and here's an all-star memory. That, that's the first one that I would say. But just in terms of one that I actually experienced, that kind of gave you, you know, chills, and you're thinking, oh, man, how, how, how much did Freddie love that? Um, but but that, that's, you know, I got, I got to cover that all-star game, the home run derby and everything. And so that's the, that's the memory from that game that really stands out for me. Gormy, appreciate the time this morning, man. Uh, and we will catch up soon. Hopefully they can get at least one of these final two before the All-Star break. Hopefully they do something that excites all of us tomorrow night with the first pick. And we'll see where it goes between then and the deadline at the end of the month. Again, appreciate you making the time today. Anything for my North Baldwin, brother? <laughs> you know it. <laughs> St. Wendelin's all day, every day. Kevin Gorman here. Uh, he's been doing a fantastic job of the draft coverage at TribLive.com. Go check it out now. Just posted one, uh, I guess it was last night, this morning, uh, profiling those five guys that he mentioned scouts are telling him would be first overall picks any other year. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 